This is the Media Insider Podcast, aimed at giving you the secrets on how the media works and how you can pitch stories. If you like this podcast, please tell everyone and follow or at least like it on your podcast app. Well, this episode, I'm joined by Oriana Rosa Royal, who's senior reporter for Management Today. Oriana started as a broadcast journalism and worked for places like Sky News and London Live. And then she pivoted to the magazine industry in 2017, writing for magazines like Campaign, Women's Health, News Quest. And she's been at Management Today for the last two years. So tell me. Management Today is a hugely popular title. Lots of our clients want to get in there. So could you just give us an overview of some of the slots or pages or regular features, if you have such things, that that you oversee? Of course. So this podcast comes as a really exciting time because we're in the middle of relaunching Management Today. And uh, it's all centered basically around leadership, how to be a better leader. And we're balancing both sides of that on how to run your business strategy, things like dawn raids and MBOs with the personal side to leadership, managing things like burnout and the personal you know, challenges that come with being you know, at the top of your game. So um, the main thing we look for is interviews with kick-ass CEOs, you know, the the top people running businesses in Britain is what we look for. There are other sections that we do like MTRs and we do smart takes on the top business stories of the week. So we're often looking for commentary and opinions from leaders and analysts. But yeah, the the leadership big interviews, which is kind of what MT is known for anyway, is what we're always looking for. And what sort of size companies would those CEOs typically preside over? Do you know, I have interviewed CEOs that range from like the CEO of Little Moons because they literally broke the internet during the pandemic to your FTSE 100 CEOs. So it's not always necessarily that the bigger the company, the better. Obviously, we love to get you know the top execs in, in management today. But it's it's more what are you doing as a leader? Are you doing something disruptive, something different, something that offers a leadership lesson to other senior execs? Okay. And so that's the the profile, so to speak, which is the gold star of PR. And then you say you have um, commentary, etc. So what's the sort of thing that you look for in a in a comment piece? It's usually I'll be looking for a comment on the news and not necessarily like a full on 600 word comment piece, more like a 200 word okay. commentary that I can weave into a piece that one you know, myself or one of my members of my team are already writing. Okay. And and what are your readership figures? Yeah, uh, we have 80,000 unique users on the website. We have a database of around 35,000 subscribers to our newsletter, most of whom are in the C-suite. So it's 40% chief executive, 40% senior leaders, and 20% are aspiring leaders. Wow. Okay. And so it's a small but mighty, really senior audience that reads MT. Um, so tell me a little bit how the planning process works. So you mentioned there that you're news led with the comment pieces. So do you have a daily planning meeting like a lot of publications? Yeah, we have a daily catch up. A lot of our stuff, if you read MT, is features and it varies from like a 600 word piece to a thousand word piece. And because we're doing analysis of the news, 
it's not like a busy newsroom where every day we're like, what's the top story today? Let's get it out in an hour. It's kind of more we sit back. We want to take a breather. We don't necessarily want to be the first to get the story out there, but we want to be the first person to look at why is that happening? You know, like with Primark, why is it going online? And talking about, you know, who are key people in the industry that could comment on that. So it's it's they're, they're quite reflective meetings as opposed to talking, yeah, like we need to get the story up in the hour. Yeah. And how many people um, are on the team? We've got four people in the team and a pool of freelancers. Okay. So in the editorial meeting, who's making the decisions? Is that um, an editor and you and the other senior writers? Yeah. So, I mean, Kate's an amazing editor and she, she placed a lot of trust in her writers, I guess. She placed a lot of trust in us and she lets us come to her with stories. And obviously, if it's not right for MT, she'll just you know, like, that's not right for MT, but how about do it this way? But 80% of the time, it's us writers going to Kate saying, um, I think this would be a great story to write. When you have this daily planning meeting, if someone's going to pitch a story, either to you or the editor, is it best that they get in before your planning meeting? I don't think the planning meeting has much of a bearing on whether we'll do a story or not in that if I get sent a pitch to interview like the CEO of like a really cool company at 3pm, you know, the meeting's yeah. been and gone, but I can just G chat or like I sit across from Kate from in the office and just say, Kate, like this has yeah. come up, I'm going to do it. Um, so no, I, I don't think one affects the other. How many stories do you put out a day roughly? Oh, it depends on the day, but two to three really. Okay. So you yourself would be writing what, like three a week or something like that yeah about three four a week um some weeks it's more if they're shorter stories some weeks it's fewer if we're um writing with like a big profile but yeah I aim for about three to four a week okay so this is the bit that I love talking about the most the pitching um first of all can I ask do you get a lot of pitches I imagine the answer is yes oh I get about an email a minute Oh my god! And as I said, like um, we said, this, I said this to your fly, and I've got the same email as when I was at Hey. I've been at Hey my five years now, and I've got the same email as when I was at Campaign, and I was very briefly for like a month or two at Third Sector. So a lot of them aren't for management today, to be fair, but it's a lot. Wow! How do you cope with that? Uh, if I'm honest, I I judge the email by the subject line. I don't have time to respond to emails. So if I don't respond, it's probably no. If I do respond, if it really excites me, as I said, it's kind of like I will respond if it excites me. I'll drop things and be like, so if you put it in the subject line, like interview with and, you know, the company and the CEO and it really pikes our interest, then yeah. obviously I'm going to see that. But it's really hard on the sea on the sea of kind of emails to spot other types of stories. So if it's like a research piece and I'm writing the piece, like I'm writing opinion or I'm writing a news analysis, I'll then search like research burnout, like keywords to then look through my inbox for stories on that. Oh, okay. That's a good tip. So the subject line should reflect, should really reflect. Yeah, keep the subject line clear, like a clear as possible because sometimes I've been sent subject lines like that like lie and say they're an event invite or show things like that when it's a news story about an event which is obviously completely irrelevant to me anyway because I don't cover news stories about events but um yeah so misleading misleading subject lines yeah yeah so 
I'm, I was going to ask you, you know, what is the most typical way that a bit of coverage, a bit of um, a pitch might lead to coverage? But I'm presuming because you do a lot of interviews, is that the main way that is, is that the main kind of way that you use a pitch? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I'd say 80% of my week is made up of either doing interviews or writing them up or filming them because we do film and we're planning to launch a podcast of our own. So I'm sure that will also be um, part of the mix. But straight away, what we do is we look at who we can interview before we then decide the format of the story, which is why it's it's kind of hard to say like, oh, these are the sections we have and this is what you should pitch for because we kind of do the opposite. We get the interviews in and then we decide after we've done the interview, oh, this would you know the content of this interview would be great in this format maybe after the interview you're like okay well I didn't get as great quotes as I'd like but the narrative's amazing of you know this person's journey or the business's journey so that would be better for a profile but some people that they have really pithy quotes I'm like okay that that was like a three paragraph like amazing just pithy quote that I think it should stand on its own so that'll be a briefing so we kind of work a bit backwards in how we plan our content I guess interesting okay okay and so I suppose pitching a comment piece which is what we do a lot of at thought leadership PR because you're a writer I guess you're not the right person to commission a comment piece because it's more you're looking for more con stuff that you can write rather than that a contributor could write yeah um I mean we do I do also commission um not often because a lot of the time it's I could write it myself and I could probably write it better um, as obviously being a journalist, unless it's, I guess, a CEO with a really strong opinion and they've, they've got a valid reason to have that opinion. You know, maybe they're talking about health and it's something that they've personally experienced. Then obviously we'd commission that. Um, but yeah, with regards to commentary, if it's like a, a 200, 300 word comment, and I'm already writing a piece on it, then I'm more likely to include it than a long standalone commentary piece. Yeah, yeah. It's a tie-in, yeah. I forgot to say that we don't run promotional coverage, but I don't know if that's really obvious. But I had an interview with someone recently that um, they just spent the whole time talking about their business. And every time I asked them an interview question, they just reverted back to their business, which is well and great. Like, we love talking about business, but um, no one's ever going to think your business is as good as you do. And we want to talk about more other nitty gritty aspects of leadership and balance that with, um, you know, having a human discussion. Yeah. Was that um, a a CEO or a senior figure of the business as well? It was, yeah, um, of American business, which I I do find that little bit difference in interview style between American and British. They are a bit more promotional and I think their media allows a bit more promotion whereas in Britain we're a bit cringed out by that we're like oh if you want a promotion buy some ad space so on that note then what does make a great interview what are you looking for in an interview people to be authentic as possible about their challenges about how they got to where they are about who's inspired them you know the amount of times I get the same kind of answers and it's like this is just textbook isn't it um I think yeah just authenticity and vulnerability as well you know I don't think we're a scary publication in that rarely we've, you know, outed or shamed leaders unless they've done something really atrocious. I think we just want to get that human discussion out there often. And obviously we talk about strategy in the business and how to's and why, you know, things in business are done the way they are. But we do like to balance that with really vulnerable stories um, about people's experiences at the top. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and would you ever interview someone more junior in the company if they always, if they got to be like the ex, the CEO, really? Because our readers are CEOs. It doesn't make sense really to interview people more junior um, unless they're doing something that is really disruptive um, or they told their CEO, like, you need to shut up and launch this policy and they're the person to thank. So tell us about the video then. And this is all part of the relaunch, is it? Yeah, so we're really bolstering our multimedia offering. So like whenever we're going to do an interview, if it's possible and it's visual, we love to get it on camera, which is what we've already been doing actually in the last month. It's not on the website yet. Um, although when this podcast goes live, maybe it will be. Um, yeah, so I don't want to say too much on it. But yeah, um, we are going to be doing videos and we are doing podcasts. So um, whenever we're being pitched to, it's great um, if PR just let us know whether their client's up for doing that. Because obviously, instead of being in Zoom, it requires being in person. So there's a lot more involved but it's worth it, I think. So the plan is for them to come into your offices and do a little studio interview? So for the podcast, potentially, yes. Um, but for videoing, I go out there with my camera equipment and and film them. Um, I think we're going to do... So we're going to be interviewing a quite famous bike company and we're going to be going to the factory. And obviously, Kate was like, it's going to be visual. We have to film it. And I was like, obviously. So... Instead of, obviously, an interview with a, a great bicycle company is great to have written, but if you could get the chief executive on a bicycle and looking at the factory, then it just adds so much colour to the story. Yes, and you would know that because you're a former broadcast journalist, so you're exactly. to know all about the visuals. Oh, that's really exciting. And we allowed to know what the theme of the podcast is going to be or the format of the podcast? We're not actually too sure ourselves yet. Um, we've got a few series ideas, um, but nothing completely in motion yet. Um, so I want to return to the topic of pitching. Um, so other than having a rubbish subject line, what um, what are some of your pitching no-nos? And then afterwards, I'm going to ask you what are, what are some good things in a pitch. In a pitch, But yeah, what are the things that just never going to work? I mean, my first pitching no-no is pitching on social media. I don't mind connecting with PRs on social media. I actually quite like having that informal relationship. Um, and I've become quite good friends with quite a few PRs. But um, I really don't like being pitched like a, like a story on Instagram or, you know, or chased up on my Twitter and things like that in my DMs. Just because my email address is so easy to find, it feels a bit like you're being hounded, like, and obviously, if social media mm-hmm. is your place where you switch off in the evening, you unwind, you try and escape work. Um, so, yeah, that is my first no-no for sure. Um, I mean, other no-nos not pitching. I get so many, I guess, pitches where it's very clearly sent to a database, not to me and not to MT. And it sometimes it just says like XX, hey there, XX, you know, where they have forgot to insert my name in the yeah. spreadsheet before hitting send. Yeah. Um, Things like that, where there's just no thought in how management today would cover it. I mean, a very um, common mistake I get in pitches is pitching stories that are really interesting to employees and really important for employees, but not necessarily important or interesting to the employer. So it's always thinking about the employer as opposed to the employees. Um, It's a common mistake. Um, And too long pitches. Obviously, I get an email minute. There's no way I'm going to be able to read like a... A really long uh, pitch yeah yeah 
So essentially, you're looking for stories that gives advice to um, business owners or, or execs. Mm, yeah, on how to be a better leader. Um, it doesn't have to be necessarily business advice. It could be personal advice, but it always has to be centered around leadership and advice yeah. for that um, CEO. And I always think, you know, I talk to CEOs weekly and I go for lunches with them. And one CEO told me, you know, that she was so busy, she had to schedule in her toilet breaks because she actually had no time to go to the toilet. So I always just think, if there's CEOs that are so pressed for time, they can't pee, like they have, we really are squeezing them for time to read management today. So what is so pertinent to them? What is so important that they have to read on management today? And I, I think that's helpful when I'm thinking about stories. That's what I think, like does a really busy CEO who only has 15 minutes in her day have time to read this story? That's brilliant. That's a brilliant analogy. If they haven't got time to pee, why would they read the history? I love that. That's, that's great pitching advice. So have you got any examples of really good pitches that have worked? I mean, I had a really great pitch recently and it was just great because it was a CEO that like I've always wanted to interview and it was just in the subject line and straight away it was one of those you drop everything and you're like, yes, and can I take a camera? Because <laughs> like this moment needs to be like on video. Um, it was just, it was clear, concise and the PR was really helpful. Um, he knew, he knows management say so well. Um, I think it helps he was a former journalist and I know a lot of PRs are and I think the PRs that are former journalists sometimes maybe um, know more what we as journalists are looking for um, and he mm. was he he knew straight away like these I think the stories that will be interesting to you and they were completely relevant and it just saves your time obviously I did my own research um, that's key but it, it does save your time when there's a PR who who, who just he gets you that kick-ass interview, gets you that access, and then also has like a call with you a week before. I think it was like actually four days before. It was a Friday, and then I had the interview the next week, and he wasn't like hounding me like every week, like, have you got the questions yet? Have you got the questions yet? He just, you know, he he scheduled the interview with me like two months in advance, and then a few days before was like, hey, can we have a quick catch-up um, and talk about, you know, what the, the client is won't talk about what she will talk about and what I think she won't want to talk about but we could probably squeeze out of her and it, yeah it was really uh, it was um, a useful discussion I thought I mean I also had a really great pitch which was a chocolate bar was sent to me in the post to to promote someone's um podcast and the front of the chocolate wrapper had the headline and the back where the ingredients list was had like the description of the podcast it was so clever oh um, brilliant yeah it was really great but obviously I don't need to be sent chocolate just clear concise works really well and um what, what's your view on press releases do they ever result in coverage um if it's a press release on research potentially yeah um otherwise probably not but because we don't really cover news that's where it's hard we cut we do the analysis of the news so I guess the research the press releases is, is um interesting and sometimes I'll be like oh I didn't even know that that wasn't on my agenda so it's good to get them but I don't think they often result in coverage unless as I say it's like press release around research and then we often use research it's rarely like a standalone piece on the research but we're yeah. often using research within our stories and it's just that that thing, like I said, where I'll be writing a story and looking for research to go in the story and I'll search it. So you may not know that I'm including you because your your pitch, you know, your research pitch wasn't a standalone piece. I've not got back to you to say I'm going to use it. But then months down the line, 
it appears in one of my pieces and that's why yeah yeah and obviously you don't have time to update the PR <laughs> so yeah I try to but yeah no not always do you use things like response source and journal request or anything like that to get it like that no we used to but like we just were getting a lot of like SME leaders to be honest and people that weren't even like in the C-suite, let alone directors, like we're getting quite junior caliber responses. So now we tend to just reach out to who we want to speak to ourselves. Yeah, interesting. That's that's interesting. So you were overpitched, basically. Yeah, we'd get like literally hundreds and hundreds, like completely inundated with responses. And a lot of them, like you'd ask for things like, can I have a 150 word comment and a headshot? And they wouldn't send that. They'd like pitch me. And I'm like, I've told you what I need. Mm, we we hear that a lot on this podcast. I, I hear that a lot. What's the worst pitch you've ever received? So it was a year into my role at Campaign. I was sent a sex toy to the office. Oh, no. But the thing that was bad wasn't the sex toy. I didn't find that particularly offensive. It was the fact that I was the youngest female in the team and I was the only person sent one. Mm. And then I looked at, Twitter and the same happened at the drum where the youngest female in their team was also sent and it was that weird targeting um I found that very strange really why do you think they did that then well it was Valentine's Day um so it was obviously to do with their campaign it was an ice cream brand um and it was it was just so weird and obviously it was you know stay at home have a good time and have some ice cream. So I think, you know, if you are sending out a gift, sometimes sending it to one particular member of the team is not always the best way to go. Yeah. And also, do they really expect that you'd write about it as well? <laughs> you know, for a campaign magazine, it, it it is an odd thing, isn't it? It's not like you're writing for the Daily Mail. You're you're writing for a marketing publication. Yeah, no. Yeah, it, it was very strange. It obviously did not cover it. And I just left the office feeling very embarrassed that evening, yeah. which is not what you want from as a PR from a journalist. I'm sure that's not how they intended when they sent out the product to make me feel. But I know also the other journalist who has sent it tweeted out on Twitter rather um upset response too so I know she felt similarly really? yeah and on that note do do brands still send out freebies and samples is that because I know that used to be you know in the days before social media etc um when we all worked from offices but is that still a thing yeah definitely um it's it's definitely more of a thing for the bigger, bigger brands as opposed to the smaller brands. And it's also definitely a thing for more the consumer kind of brands. I don't, I definitely don't get sent anything by, you know, like SMEs um, or cybersecurity companies. It's more of, you know, these big, sexy kind of like liquor brands or, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. But it's definitely not as often um, as it used to be but that could also be because I changed roles so at campaign obviously you're writing about advertising campaigns and experiences so um, products and um, and ex- events are part of the parcel with that whereas now I'm writing about leadership so I guess it's less relevant as well so I'm definitely not sent as much. Have you noticed any other trends generally you know in the world of media you're obviously savvy in the you know magazine industry as well as the broadcast industry is there anything you've noticed uh, just about where media is heading 
Um, I think it's heading more multimedia. I mean, if you look at Glamour and all these magazines, when I was growing up, I would never have imagined Glamour not being in print, you know. Um, and I think that's just the way the world's heading, not just media. I think we're all heading online. I mean, with Web3, who knows what the media world will look like in 10 years' time, but it's definitely going to be increasingly digital. Ariana Rosaroyal, thanks so much for sharing your insights. That's it from the Media Insider podcast. Please share this podcast to any other PRs, writers, or just people who want to get into the media. That's who it's for. And if you're keen to raise your profile, visit thoughtleadershippr.com to see how we can help.